Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 This episode is brought to you by Hostly, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing. Especially for Get Paid for Your Pet listeners, get two free months of their premium version. For more details, visit hostfully.com slash pad. What's up, everybody? Get Paid for Your Pet, episode 179. I am in Las Vegas, and my friend Tanner is sitting next to me. He is a super host from Toronto. And in this episode, we're going to be talking all about how to screen your Airbnb guests, as well as, of course, some of the experiences that Tanner has had in his Airbnb hosting experience and how he managed to become that super host. So, Tanner, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Thanks for having me. Really excited to do this. Awesome. So, let's start with how you get started with Airbnb. Um. I had just moved to Toronto in November of last year, 2016, and I was looking for a way to not be locked into one location. I wanted to have the freedom to kind of move around and um, still make money from the apartment that I had, which was in an awesome location, brand new building. So I knew there was an opportunity there and I read your book and got started on Airbnb from that. Sweet. And what type of listing do you have? It's a shared apartment in the heart of downtown Toronto, a master suite, master bedroom in yeah shared shared building. So it's a two bedroom, yeah, and, and you share it with uh, with somebody else. You have a housemate. Yeah, I have a roommate who works as my co-host, so it's pretty convenient. He's around a lot to let people in, check them in, check them out, and deal with any concerns that they have. So would you only host when you were out of town, or would you also host when you're in town sometimes? Both. So ideally, it's when I'm out of town and I don't have to sleep on the couch if there's someone has rented the room. But there has been instances where we've, especially when we were new to Airbnb and weren't working the platform super well, uh, we left the calendar open and someone booked my room while I was in town. So in that instance, I didn't want to, I didn't want to cancel on them because I know that's that's not ideal for for your listing. So what I did, I just either arranged to stay somewhere else or I slept on the couch for a night. Just kind of did what we had to do to make sure the guests were were happy and comfortable staying with us and just make it work that way. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. When you would host guests while you were in town, did you have a lot of interaction with them? Kind of catered it to to the guest. Some people would want to ask us questions like where they should go to eat, where they should go to hang out and check check out cool parts of the city. So that helped because both of us were around in those cases. But some people just like to keep to themselves, hang out in the room, go to their business meeting or go do whatever they want to do. So it was, it was good either way. It's obviously better to be there so you can help if anything comes up. 
but some people don't don't require that i found and it's good that way you can just kind of cater to whatever whatever they want did you have any concerns before you got started with airbnb i did um probably a lot a lot of the common concerns that people have they're worried um you know people are going to come and ruin their house or throw a big party that kind of thing so it definitely helps that it is a shared space and either myself or my my co-host is there you know 90 percent of the time so we can kind of keep an eye on that stuff so i wasn't too concerned about that um there was some issues with the building and having airbnb in the building so that was where our our concerns came from but we talked to management and kind of worked it out with them so that's not really a concern either so um yeah, there was concerns at first and a little bit of hesitation, but we just went for it and we've had no no issues or very minimal. Do you share the income with your roommate? Yeah, we work out a, a split of of uh, the income. I did, did a lot of the legwork on the front end, so I get a little bit more and he gets a little bit less, but it works out pretty good. Do you want to share what the actual percentage is? Because I think a lot of people will be curious. Yeah, it's usually 70-30%. Um, he does a lot of the check-in and then he'll do the cleaning if I'm not there. If I am around, then I'll just do it all and then I'll keep 100% of that income. But we've worked it out that way because I'm traveling a lot, especially right now. I'm going to be gone for about two months straight and we're planning to have people in there at, you know, as often as we can. 80% of our occupancy ideally booked up. So in those cases, if he's doing a lot of the work, then I'm gonna we're going to make it 70-30 mm-hmm. for that. Right, and you charge a cleaning fee, and then whoever cleans gets to keep the cleaning fee. Yeah, exactly. A lot of yeah. For, at first, we put that money towards buying like cleaning supplies and stuff for our apartment, and then yeah, if I'm spending a couple hours cleaning the apartment, make sure it's spick and span, then yeah, I'm keeping the cleaning money. Fair enough. So I ask you, what would be your best advice for people who would come to you asking for advice on Airbnb hosting? And you, you know, one of the things that you mentioned was, you know, how to vet your guests, how to screen your guests, because that's something that you've learned to do throughout your Airbnb experience. So I thought it'd be interesting to to kind of make that the topic of today's podcast. So first of all, you know, what did you do to screen your guests, and how how did you come up with the idea of screening guests? I'll start with how we came up with the idea. About a month ago, we had a guest come and stay with us. And like one of the first things he said when he walked in was, oh, this is a shared space. I thought I would have the whole apartment to myself. So he was kind of taken aback by that. And then he was supposed to stay with us for like eight or 10 days, which is quite a long stay for our Airbnb. It's usually two, three day turnover. And over that, the first couple of days, more and more things just kept coming up that we had never heard issues about before we were already super host at this point. So we had hosted a, a number of people and he was bringing up stuff like that, like that it's a shared space and how he would have to share the kitchen and stuff. So it was kind of eye opening to us that he was so shocked by that because I thought a lot of that stuff was clearly laid out on the Airbnb ad. He ended up leaving after a couple of days prematurely like he was supposed to stay for a full week and he stayed only two nights i think so it was a lot of uh, a lot of work on the back end with airbnb communicating with him he didn't really know how to use the platform that well so it was just a big it was a pain for everyone that was involved that was on and off the phone with airbnb on and off the phone with him so i kind of came to the realization that we should make sure that people know 
as much as we can tell them about the space before they come, about what they're going to get into, what we have, and just be upfront and honest about it. And then that way, when they show up, they're not, there's no surprises. So by communicating a little bit before they show up, just letting them know like, yeah, my, my co-host is going to be around that way he can help you out with any questions, any concerns that you have. It is a shared space, even though it's, it says that on the Airbnb, it doesn't hurt to tell them again, I don't think. And just lay out any issues that people might have just so that they know what they're getting into. And then also asking them a few questions about just stuff like why they're in town. If a lot of people are pretty good, they'll say it in their initial message. They'll say like, oh, I'm coming to town for business or for a festival or whatever. But if they don't, just asking them about that, what their plans are a little bit, you know, just to get an idea of what they're looking for so that you can kind of cater to them as well. Like if they're brand new to Canada, let's say we can help them check out things that they might not think to see or might not be in your average average guidebook. So just getting to know them a little bit before they show up and then telling them what to expect on our end too. It gives everyone a bit better idea of what uh, their stay is going to be like. And how did you resolve the situation with the guest? Um, with that guest, we I spoke with a representative from Airbnb and because it was such a busy time period, it was the Pride Festival in Toronto, which was our rates were really high. And he had booked six months in advance, which is crazy. Like we've never had anyone book that far in advance before. And then to have him show up and not really be be so taken aback by the fact that it was a shared space and stuff that I felt was laid out on the website. I gave him a partial refund. But I couldn't refund his whole his whole stay just because I didn't think it was fair on our behalf because we did the best that we could at that point on Airbnb. We t- we were upfront and honest about what we had. It wasn't like we were hiding anything. And the fact that he had um, special needs about the depth of our bathtub, like he was an older guy. So getting in and out of the bathtub and into the shower was tough for him. He didn't know how to handle the uh, key fob to get into the building. Like he'd never seen anything like that before. So he was taken aback by stuff like that, which I didn't really think it was fair for us to give him a full refund when he had taken up a couple nights of our availability during a really, really busy time period. So we just kind of agreed to disagree on that. And I gave him a partial refund and he uh, seemed to be okay with that. So, so did Airbnb, uh, did they get involved in the resolution or did you resolve it with the guest? They got involved with it as well. So they talked to him. She, she told me like, you don't have to, you don't have to refund him. Your listing mentions that you have a shared space. He doesn't ask any. It's up to him to ask these questions if he has those types of specific needs. So if he has six months lead up, he should, you know, it just takes one message. Hey, how deep is the bathtub? I have to get in and out of there. How do I get in and out of the building? That kind of stuff. So I think it was a learning lesson for him. Like if he's going to use Airbnb again to reach out to the host and and ask that. And then same on our behalf to kind of. Just make sure we're all squared away. Yeah, because I, you know, I can imagine even if you're providing lots of details about your place, the death of the bathtub is not really something that you would think of, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I I never thought twice of that until he came and was like, "All oh, the bathtubs too too deep." So, so do do you mention it now when you're listing? No, I don't. But if uh, I always make sure to tell people if they have special requirements for stuff like that, let me know and I'll check. So, yeah. Yeah. So did the booking actually get canceled? 
Yeah, the booking got canceled after, like I said, I th- he was there for a week and then he left after two days. So they canceled the rest of it and opened it. I was able to open it back up for for more bookings. Right. So Airbnb canceled it so that it doesn't didn't have any negative consequences for for you, your status on Airbnb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Were you able to rebook some of those days or? Yeah, it was. Like I said, it was uh it worked out in the end because it was such a busy time period in Toronto, like a lot of people coming in and out. So it worked out to be okay in the end. It was just a lot of work. Right. So in the end, it, it turned out pretty well. You learned something. Your the guests probably learned something. You didn't really lose out on on any money. Did did he end up staying somewhere else, or did he go back home? I don't know. He was like I said, an older guy, so communicating via text message with him wasn't always the easiest. Same with on the computer. One day he just said he was leaving, and then he left, and then from there it was like, yeah, text message communication that wasn't that clear. So where was he from? He was from Florida. You've heard me talk about Hostly a lot over the past few months. I love sending my beautiful Hostly guidebook to my guests, as it makes me look very professional. I also love including screenshots of my guidebook in my actual Airbnb listing. This helps me stand out from the crowd. Well, now I'm thrilled to announce that I'm a sponsor of the Hostly Host program. Twice a month, Hostly selects a host and features them on their top-ranked blog. This is great promotion for your listing and a cool way to share your favorite local spots to a large audience. What's even cooler is that each Hostly host gets a free set of organic sheets from the clean bedroom. And now that I'm a sponsor, you'll also be featured in my newsletter, my social media feeds, and you'll get free access to my video course on how to be a great host. For more details and how to apply, visit hostly.com slash hostlyhost. So you had this bad experience, well, quote unquote, bad experience. Uh, I would say a learning experience, actually. And and that made you realize that it might be a good idea to get to know the guest a little bit more uh, before you accept the reservation, not just in your interest, but also in the interest of the guest. Because obviously, you know, you as a host, you want to provide uh, the best experience to the guest that you can. And if the guest's not happy, then that's you know, it's it's not fun for the host either, right? So, you know, what are some of the things that you can do? to screen your Airbnb guests. You've already mentioned a few things, right? You communicate with them a little bit beforehand. You send them some messages. Uh, what, what are some of the other things? We usually will check out their profile. So just looking at um, either the reviews that have been left for them and also reviews that they've left for other people so that you can kind of get an idea of what they're looking for. Maybe if they list something, something specific on a previous stay that they've had that they want you know, then we can kind of be prepared for that and be a step ahead and give them exactly what they're looking for in their stay. So looking at their profile is definitely obviously like the first step from there. And then also to, like I said before, just uh, communicate with them a little bit back and forth while they're there. Look at their verifications. So that's something if their profile has to be verified, otherwise we won't even really consider them just because of where we're at right now. 
their references and stuff like that as well if if we if the need be but yeah for the most part it's yeah so the profile obviously is the kind of the first place where you'd look to gather some information about your guest and you know there's the verifications there's references obviously there's the reviews you can also look at you know the picture is the clear picture of the person's face or is it some vague image i see these pictures sometimes where the face isn't even in there uh, and that could be a kind of a red flag um, but also i think the the content of the actual profile right if somebody takes the time to write like three or four paragraphs about their experiences and about what they're looking for and what kind of people they are then i think that's also a good indication that that person will probably be someone that you want to host versus if somebody doesn't write anything uh, that could be an indication that you know i mean if i were to try to scam on airbnb if i want to like throw a party and you know just rent an airbnb somewhere i'm probably not going to provide a lot of information about myself yeah, right yeah, that's a good point. We actually had a couple people that we we had turned away. One of them, their name was just one letter. It just said S. And then the picture was like one of those Volkswagen hippie vans. And like one sentence like, hey, I'm in Toronto this weekend. I want to stay at your place. It's like, okay, no, that's not enough. <laughs> um, someone else was asked us like similar situation. I think she had a picture of herself. And she was talking about having multiple guests stay with us or stay like with her throughout, like kind of insinuated that they would be coming and going. So that again, a little bit sketchy there, a bit of a red flag came up. And I think in those situations, it's better to pass on it and then try to get someone else. And if not, it might be just better to avoid that, those types of situations. You mentioned one thing that I think is worth getting back to because I think a lot of people might forget to do this. But, you know, obviously you look at the reviews of the guests, right? The, the reviews that other hosts have left for the for the guest. But you can also see the, the reviews that the guest has left for other hosts. And, you know, there might be some interesting information in there. Uh, you know, the example that you mentioned with the, the guy that, uh, that was having trouble getting into your bath, like, Imagine that that person would had stayed with another host before and he, he left a review saying that the bathtub was too deep and he couldn't get in, right? That could be a clue, right? And so I think that's a very good point. Some other things that you can do, let's let's talk about some, uh, some of the red flags. Uh, you've already mentioned some, like if somebody doesn't have a, a good picture, somebody doesn't write a lot on their profile, or there's no verifications. Now, there's also uh, the social media accounts that you can connect to. Again, if you, if you were to be looking to scam on Airbnb, you're probably not going to connect your Facebook or LinkedIn or your Google. Uh, I think some of the other red flags are... You know, someone who's not being responsive. I've seen this sometimes where, you know, you ask a guest a question and it takes like two days to respond. Uh, the answers are, could be like really short. And obviously the biggest red flag is, you know, transacting off the platform. Try People asking to transact off the platform or, you know, asking to see the property first. And then the, the last thing is if you have somebody asking about things like, oh, do you have any neighbors? Uh, is there is there a doorman? You know, what's the surveillance like? Uh, those, are, those kind of questions uh, probably uh, raise some left flags as well. Yeah, exactly. If someone asks us how many people can we fit in the living room, red flag, probably having a party. So stuff like that. Yeah, those are all good points, all stuff that we would keep an eye on if we were, if someone's potentially going to stay with us. But for the most part, that stuff's 
pretty uh, self-explanatory. Right. Another thing that I wanted to talk about is instant book because this kind of is a also a way to you know kind of screen your guests. You can turn on instant book and allow everybody to instant book, which basically means that you're just kind of accepting everyone. So then, you know, on the, on, on the spectrum of you know the extent to which you screen for your guest, that's that's the lower end of the spectrum, right? You're pretty much allowing everybody to you know to book your place without any com- communication between you and the guest. Now, are you using Instant Book? We are using Instant Book, but we have some filters on it. So only certain people can Instant Book with us. People who are verified have a certain number of reviews and it's within or outside of a certain time period so that we have time to get the place ready. If they're trying to Instant Book for like that night, then usually we would have to accept it just so that we make sure the apartment's ready. But when we actually first started the listing or first posted it, we had instant book turned on because we wanted to get more, more bookings. We just had it on to available to anyone type of thing. And then quickly realized that we had to kind of filter it out so that we could get um, the ideal guests staying with us instead of just anyone. So that was a, again, another learning lesson. We got pretty lucky. Actually, we didn't have any, real real bad guests from the instant book but it was something that we realized pretty quickly and then you know tightened it up a little bit yeah what was the time window that you're using right now it's 48 hours so that anyone outside of 48 hours with a verified profile and a certain number of reviews can instant book with us right and you know one thing to mention with instant book is that if you're using it you can actually cancel and uh, stay three times a year without getting penalized. You know, I think Airbnb implemented that policy in order to encourage people to use Instant Book. You know, according to Airbnb, it's it's a very important uh, feature for them because it really improves the usability of the Airbnb platform. Right? It's it's much easier for guests to to book if they if they don't have to send a reservation request first. So Airbnb is really you know been pushing that uh, feature. Um, I've noticed that when you turn it off, they make you go through lots of hoops. You have to like confirm, okay, I understand. You know, I'm not going to get as much visibility on the platform. I might lose out on bookings. You have to literally tick off those boxes before you can even turn it off. This kind of just shows you know, how committed Airbnb is to, you know, to sort of maximize the amount of hosts that are using the instant book feature. But I think, uh, you know, with the filters that you mentioned, uh, you can actually use it in, in a way that where you still you know, keep your Airbnb business safe, uh, especially given the fact that you can cancel uh, free times. Now, one last thing that I wanted to mention is that sometimes you can actually, from the information that you find on the profile, you can sometimes actually find out who this person is. I've I've definitely chatted to Airbnb hosts who were able to do this. Now they would tell me that somehow they managed to, you know, through the school, because sometimes the school where people that people went to is is mentioned, and then sort of the first name and you know from details in the profile, you can kind of figure out who this person is, and you can actually find them on on Facebook, and actually like check them out. I've definitely heard of hosts who, uh, who go through that process. It's uh, I would say that's like the higher end of the spectrum of you know how much effort are you going to put into you know to find out information about your guests. Yeah, 
I mean, if you feel like there are some red flags that came up, but you still want to check, look into it, that's definitely one way to go. That's that's a good good screening process to have. But like you said, it's a bit intense. And if you don't have the time for it, it might not be ideal. And then, of course, uh, you know, you can, you can do as much screening if you want, but in the end, it's, it's not a guarantee, right? I mean, something, something can always come up. Uh, the expectations of the guest could be different than the expectations of the host. And sometimes it's, it's something that you just didn't think about. Like, for example, in your case, I mean, it's pretty hard to, you know, to expect that the bath is too too deep for somebody to step in uh but there you know there there could be other things too i mean i had a guest one time who who thought that uh there was all sorts of things wrong with my apartment and i think this person they used airbnb for the first time i think and they were used to staying in five-star hotels because after the guest uh the next day you know he told me my apartment was unacceptable and then he uh he checked into the marriott so that kind of told me, okay, this this guest was probably expecting some sort of five star experience, which obviously is uh, is difficult to provide as an Airbnb host. So going back to the point that you made earlier, you know, it's not just about you know your own safety; it's also just making sure that the guest knows what to expect, right? And and that's why the the communication up front is is very important. You know, asking questions like, what are you planning to do in on your visit uh you know what's the composition of your group like who who's who's staying and have you visited before have you used airbnb before um i think these are all really good questions not just to to make sure that you can provide the the right information but also for you to understand better you know how can i serve this these guests you know what are they looking to do um so i think those are all uh, those are great points um, so, Tanner, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the show. I uh, wish you all uh, the best luck with your Airbnb listing in Toronto. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. And for the listeners, of course, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. And of course, on Friday, there will be another one coming up where we'll discuss this week's news in the world of Airbnb. So, I hope to see you then. Bye bye. Yeah.